Today's podcast is brought to you by the engagedinvestor.ca, helping you find and present to joint venture partners. Get your free video training right now at engagedinvestor.ca forward slash breakthrough. Hi, this is Dion Baig from Butler Mortgage. We're currently ranked the number one mortgage brokerage in Ontario and number two in Canada. And much of our success is due to the fact that we help clients acquire multiple investment properties. If you'd like to talk with a mortgage advisor who specializes in investment property, you can reach me at 888-684-8326. To learn more about what's going on in the world of investment property financing, check out episode 23 of the Breakthrough Podcast, where I discuss the topic with Robin Sandy. Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, episode 40. Hello and welcome to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We put this show together to inspire you and help you break through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. My name is Rob Brake and here with me again is Sandy McKay. <laughs> hey Rob, I'm excited to go. This is a great yeah. episode, I think. We've got a great guest. It's going to be an exciting one. We definitely have a great guest. I'm really excited to have Julie Broad joining us on the show tonight. She is well-known author and real estate investor from BC, and I've been looking forward to this interview for a long time now, and I was pretty nervous about asking you to come on, so thank you for being here, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, tonight is our 40th episode. We're going to shift away from the real estate talk just a little bit and focus on personal branding with Julie. She's going to share with us how to build your personal brand around who you really are and also how to sell in conversation so that it's more casual and doesn't feel like a pitch. I, l I love this topic. I can't wait to get all of the free advice that Julie's going to share. It's going to be well worth uh, staying tuned, people. No, are we going to, uh, what do we got on the top here? Are we Are going to do a little... Housekeeping? House cleaning? <laughs> yeah, what have you got for us? <laughs> Me? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, uh, everyone should go over to our website and get our free gift, the seven freedom activators that you can trigger in your property starting right now. It is a comprehensive report that Sandy wrote for all of you in his free time, the selfless fellow that he is to share with all of you how you can make your properties work for you instead of being a slave to your properties, your rental properties. You know, get over those tenants and toilets issues and start making some real money while uh, relaxing. Right, Sandy? That's it. And that's over at uh, BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca. And as always, I want to encourage everyone to check us out on iTunes. I know a lot of you are listening through iTunes right now. I want to encourage everyone to just take a few moments, give us a... Quick review on there, five stars, of course, and really helps us get this show out to more people and helps us attract better quality speakers. And just it's it's really good for everybody, helps everyone get this podcast and helps everyone grow. So we encourage it and would really appreciate if everyone did that. And speaking of iTunes, I have, I'm not going to waste too much time with this, but I do have some reviews, five stars now that you mentioned it, Sandy, to read here. So I just want to, I have a couple, I think I have three here. So just the most recent three that were put up for us. 
So the first one is by Adrian REI. He says, I have listened to every podcast that these guys have put out and found them all to be informative, inspiring, and entertaining. They deal with proven real estate investing fundamentals, systems, and the professionals who apply these tips and methods in the Canadian market. I have had the pleasure of meeting Rob at oh at REI meetings and even stolen some of his time over the phone and every time he is friendly and helpful. These guys are truly out there to inspire and educate real estate investors and I just wanted to express how grateful I am for these shows. So that's awesome. Thanks, Adrian. T. Narain says, I love this podcast. I listen to it all the time at work. I've had the pleasure of actually meeting Sandy at the Canadian Real Estate Wealth Forum this past weekend. I bumped into Rob a few times at Durham REI. Anyways, this is a great source of information, great guests, great show. A bunch of exclamation points. Keep up the great work, fellas. Last one. S.L. Woodbridge says, Great Canadian real estate investing show. Hosts are very down-to-earth and conversational. Great guests. Very informative. Nice work, Rob and Sandy. So that's awesome. Thank you, everyone, for writing those and keep them coming. Now let's get into our show. Julie is an Amazon number one best-selling author and international book award winner, a successful entrepreneur, recognized real estate investor, and a popular speaker and workshop trainer, sharing your simple and strategic systems for having more impact and influence in your life and business. She's an expert on helping people who aren't naturally born to sell, get results, make an impact, and ultimately make more money for themselves or their company. And sharing proven techniques for better communication, productivity, and persuasion, Julie always leaves people inspired, excited, and with the clear steps to take action immediately. Of course, we're really excited to have you on, Julie. Anything to add to that? No, I think I think that does the job nicely. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, awesome. Well, why is a brand so important in your real estate business or any business for that matter? Yeah, you bet. I mean, who makes more money? The person who is paid for what they do or the person who gets paid for who they are? I mean, just think about it. Um, if you hired, if you had like a, a weekend course going on and you brought in a trainer for the weekend, you might pay them $5,000 for the weekend. But if you brought in Tony Robbins, I, I don't even know what that would cost, like a million dollars or $500,000, right? And they might teach the exact same material, but it's Tony Robbins. So you're paying because it's him. It's that guy. It's kind of like in real estate. If you think about what you pay for Mike Holmes to come out and inspect your house versus just a regular inspector or even, you know, Donald Trump with his name on buildings, that the building's worth more just from his name. So getting paid for who you are is so much better than getting paid for what you do. Because there's a cap. If you're just like everybody else, if you don't have that name, there's a cap on what you're worth. And when it comes to real estate, especially for investors, you know, for us, by building a strong brand, by building a name that people know and trust, it's meant that people with money call us to invest their cash. We didn't have to, once we had a strong brand out there, we didn't have to hustle to have people uh, invest their money with us anymore. People were calling us and they were like, okay, when's your next deal? I want in. And that makes it so much easier. And then you guys are in a pretty hot market these days. Uh, it'd be nice probably to have people calling you saying, hey, I'm, I want to sell my house. And before I talk to a realtor, you know, I know you buy houses. Are you interested? 
And, you know, that kind of thing happens all the time when people know who you are and they know what you do. So there's lots of value in it. And for people who are uncomfortable selling, having a brand is probably the single and a strong brand, not just a brand, but having a name that people know and recognize and trust. It takes a lot of the sales out of just about any process because people chase you and they want to do business with you. And it really often comes down to a decision whether you want to work with them or not. Uh, but when you're an unknown factor, you have to do a lot of hustle and you have to, you have to sell. And for a lot of us, that's a really uncomfortable place to be in. So uh, I think brand, creating a brand is a pretty good solution to a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, I agree with you 100%. I'm just on the cusp of that sort of starting to happen to me now. And it is really exciting when somebody calls you up and says, hey, I want to be part of what you're doing. So it's definitely something that um, is one of the benefits of getting yourself out there and building a brand. What exactly do you mean then when you refer to a brand? Is it logos and advertising? I have this this event coming up and it's called Brand Evolution Bootcamp. And basically just short version is my goal is to help people build their brand in two days because there's so many things that you already have to do, whether you're a real estate investor or an entrepreneur to build your business. And I've worked with people over the years to do these pieces. And I find some people get really bogged down in little things, but they're important things. And so I, I thought, we'll get together for two days and get a lot of this done. But it's been interesting because as I promote this event, I've had quite a few people comment to me that, yeah, cool idea. And, you know, I think for people who haven't built a brand, you know, it's a great thing. And then I asked them, well, so you have a great brand already. And they go, yeah, yeah, you know, I've got my website, I've got my logos and, and, uh, you know, I even got a great headshot. I'm like, great. Okay. So, so you're getting leads and sales happen easily and people are coming to you and asking to work with you and you have lots of referrals. And they go, no, not really. I said, okay, well, you, you have a brand, but it's not working. And at the end of the day, we all have a brand. It's just whether you've consciously cultivated one that actually will work for you or not. Um, but a lot of people make the mistake of thinking a website and logo and even things like professional headshot and social media, those things equal your brand. Those are tools. And you can use those tools to showcase your brand, but that's not your brand. Your brand is your message. It's how you package yourself up for others to see. It's what, it's what people see online. Um, but it's also how you add value to others and what makes you unique and interesting. And a lot of people haven't sat down and thought about it in that way. They've just thought about what looks good on a website and how, you know, should I put the logo on my business card or should I put my picture or should I put both? And those things are not really your brand. It's ultimately what you communicate and and how you communicate that message. And I'll, just as a side note, I mean, I think we're talking a little bit more about online stuff, but a website's not everything. And relying solely on a website to be your brand doesn't work. It's not a magic bullet. I mean, there's, I don't even, I had a number, I had the number uh, recently, it was like 876 billion websites out there or something crazy like that. So you think you put a website up and people are going to find it? <laughs> it right. just doesn't work like that. <laughs> you know, and that made me feel really good when I was listening to one of your seminars. You were talking about how if you if Facebook and uh, social media isn't your thing, then don't do it. And I just was like, oh, that is the greatest thing I've ever heard because I'm terrible at that stuff. And quite frankly, I don't enjoy it. If there's anything posted on my Facebook, it's because my wife has put it there. And, and I haven't been on Facebook in I don't know how long. 
You know, uh-huh. so if anyone's uh, friends with me on Facebook, now they know that I don't look at it. And if you're talking to somebody or if you see something on there, it's because my wife put it up. <laughs> so, no, that was good to hear, though, because you can still build a good brand without that. So that's exciting to hear, especially in today's social media waterlogged society that we're in. Yeah. And if you, if I can just add to that, I mean, kind of what, what you probably heard me say was the fact that uh, when you're building your brand, you know, some people, again, kind of like the website, they think it, it's all about social media and, and social media is incredibly useful. But if you hate it, then you're not being true to your brand by forcing yourself to do it. So find other ways to connect with people. And you're doing that. You've got a great podcast. And I heard some of the fantastic reviews that you're getting. So so that's great. And that's one way that will connect beautifully with people. And you don't have to tweet, pin or post anything on Facebook ever. And you can still have a fantastic brand. Cool. And when was that event, Julie? Oh, it's happening May 27th and 28th in Vancouver. Oh, awesome. Can people still register? Absolutely. Yep. It's uh, it's called Brand Evolution Bootcamp. And that's the website for it. BrandEvolutionBootcamp.com. Awesome. Okay. Now, what are the important elements of a personal brand yeah good one um i have i have just to kind of simplify it because this could be an entire well this is this this is an entire weekend (laughs) (laughs) but um just to kind of simplify it i created the magic brand method or the magic brand formula whatever you want to call it and basically magic is the acronym so so the m stands for message and this is what you say and how you say it I know you guys already know this, but a, you know, a big thing for me is not even the words you're using, it's how you're communicating them. And, uh, and so your message is largely a lot of things like your voice tone and, and how you, your body language as you communicate it. But to have a strong brand, you need a clear and a concise and a consistent message. And you have to choose which mediums are best for you to communicate. So, you know, podcasts are fantastic. You're connecting with people. You're, you're in their ears. You're in their head on a regular basis. And that's great. Um, so you got to find a, a medium that is good for you to connect with the people that you want to connect with. And ultimately it's a, it's all about connection because we all want to do business with people we like. And you'll find that people like you more when they feel like they know you, at least to some extent. I mean, you don't, you know, it's not all about sharing way too much information about yourself, but it's considering what's going to be of the most interest or the most memorable to your audience and generally focusing on sharing those things. And again, it's always coming back to your ideal person. So thinking about who's that, you know, as a real estate investor, who's your ideal investor? If you're looking to attract capital, um, what do they look like and where are they hanging out already? And you want to connect with them and what aspects of you and your business and your personal life are they most likely to connect with as well? One way people will hear about you is through referrals. One thing to think about is the story that gets told when you're referred to somebody. Because nobody, I shouldn't say nobody, but very rarely, think about when you refer somebody to connect with somebody else for some reason. Even if I said to you, do you know a good plumber? You're probably not just going to say, yeah, um, Joe, Joe is a great plumber. You're probably going to say, yeah, Joe fixed my uh, fixed my sink. And he even told me that if he does this, you know, he's, he learned how to do this when he was a kid following his father around and then he became a plumber, right? You'll probably tell a little bit of a, a story to go with that referral. So have you ever thought about the story that's getting told when you're referred to somebody? And this is part of your brand. And if you get in front of that and you start telling people the stories that they will then pass on, that begins to be how you create a very strong brand. So put yourself in the driver's seat regarding those stories and give your audience stories that they can share to other people about yourself. 
and again, it's also about thinking about where you're sharing them. So it could be on stages, it could be in video, it could be social media, it could be podcasts, but, but think about that and, and think about what's best for your brand and the people you're trying to connect with. So that's all M message. And it's one of the biggest ones though. The other ones will be shorter. Um, here, <laughs> just so you know, no, that's okay. Uh, we don't need them shorter unless you need to go. <laughs> well, eventually I have to eat dinner because <laughs> I'm three hours behind you guys. You guys yeah, probably- you're right. <laughs> my kids are in bed and I'm just reading I did a hundred or something burpees today too. Maybe that wasn't today, but recently. So you're that gonna be... was today. <laughs> so you got to be hungry. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm always hungry. I'll be honest. <laughs> um, so the A in magic is for appearance and attractive people are more well-liked and are seen to be more trustworthy. It's not fair. It's not rational. It's just how it is. And in one study that I read, they actually concluded that uh, the more attractive someone was, the higher offer they received in a negotiation, even if they didn't ask for more. So think about that one. That's that's really not fair. But but here's the piece that I think gets lost in discussion around appearance. Everybody looks better on the outside when they feel good on the inside. So it might feel superficial, you know, taking care and attention uh, to look good on the outside. But when you feel good, like after a great haircut or a good workout, you actually will look better. And it's just a circle that feeds itself. Now, specific to real estate, one example I, I have is a client was working to raise money for his real estate portfolio. And he, he commented to me in one of our coaching calls that people didn't seem to take him seriously. And, and we'd already walked through how to present things and what he was doing. So I said, well, what are you wearing when you meet these people who aren't taking you seriously? And he said, what I always wear at work, jeans and a golf shirt. And I said, okay. I said, what's on your feet? And he said, running shoes. I said, is that what the successful investor in you wears? And he said, no. And then he actually confessed that he used to take a lot more care in how he dressed and, and took more care in his overall appearance, but he'd let it slide in the last few years. And so he stopped wearing running shoes and just started dressing a little better. And he started to have more interesting conversations. And maybe it's because he looked a little more professional, but I think it's because when he dressed that way, he felt more confident. And so he stepped into these conversations more fully. And it's hard. You won't know, but it makes a big difference. It's like when I get in front of uh, on stage to speak, I'm not going to get up there in what I'm wearing right now, which you guys can't thankfully can't see, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, shorts and a T-shirt and I haven't combed my hair. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to do that because standing in front of an audience, I won't feel my best. And so I won't be as confident in front of everybody dressed like that. Um, Google results. I won't go too deep into this, but more and more, I mean, I Google just about everybody that I'm going to have a conversation with in advance or afterwards. And I know I'm not the only one. And more and more, you're going to be Googled and you need to get on top of what Google's saying about you. So where I do think there's value in social media and websites is to be in control, even just a little bit, about what's showing up when somebody Googles your name. Um, number four, or not number four, the letter I in magic, the fourth piece is, uh, I say I am an expert in. And largely this is more about what you're not an expert in. And I don't want anybody to get hung up in the word expert thinking you have to be one before you build a brand. It's for me, especially when it comes to real estate, but even in any business, it's about choosing a niche and focusing. And by doing that, it's so much easier to become known as the expert. And in, you know, one of the examples that I often give uh, besides 
picking a little bit on realtors. Uh, I see realtors making a mistake all the time because they claim to specialize in an entire region. And in Vancouver, for example, they'll say they, they specialize in the greater Vancouver region, which is like six different cities. Well, as an investor in one city, I can't keep track of all the neighborhoods, let alone six different cities. So I, I can't be an expert even in the entire city. Um, but the more you focus down, maybe you're the condo expert or maybe you're the one the one or two neighborhoods or a section of the city expert. Now it's easier for you to truly be that expert and you can become known for that thing. And over time, it doesn't mean that that's the only area people ever refer business to you in. It's just like uh, my my hairstylist, just as in another example, she might be the best haircut in the world. That doesn't mean that nobody's ever going to go to her for other services. They'll go to her initially for that, and then they'll build a relationship, and now they're going to be talking about her for all kinds of things that she does. So pick a niche and become well-known in that niche and expand from there. Uh, the big thing is just to remember that you know, an expert is definitely knows some things, but an expert is really someone who's known for knowing what he knows or she knows. So so think about that carefully and, and start with a focused area, you know, a neighborhood or a, a specific strategy, and you can build from there. The C is about character, and this is really what you stand for. So what can people expect from you? And it's your values. It, it's it, And I'm not a big person on mission statements or, or values or words, right? Uh, I'm a writer, but I'm not big on those words. It's really, when it comes to character and values, it's how you do what you do. So you don't really have to tell people that they're, they're going to see it, right? If you, if you show up on time, I, I know that you value and respect my time to, to <laughs> the guys at my CrossFit gym. They, they have the, a Taylor Swift playlist. So I'm always, <laughs> I don't know why it's the guys actually that are big on the Taylor Swift playlist. But, um, you know, you think about Taylor Swift and her support of the underdog and appreciation for her fans is deeply rooted in her brand. She doesn't have to ever say that she is supporting the underdog because she, she does it over and over again. Um, you know, it's just like companies don't have to say they value workplace diversity if the company has people from all kinds of backgrounds working there. So, so I ask yourself what values are important to you? Uh, what do you want associated with your brand in terms of values? And, and then once you have those things figured out, the really important question to ask yourself is, are you doing the things you knew you need to do so people actually associate those values with you and your brand? Wow. See, I told you to stay tuned, everybody. And now look what you get out of all this. It's it's basically I'm not going to say it's the boot camp for free, but people <laughs> um you know, it is pretty interesting what you said about how you feel on the outside because uh, it sort of worked the opposite way for me where I just recently became a realtor and my broker was saying, you know, dress up, you want to represent. And of course I do. And at the same time, I felt extremely uncomfortable. Like I can dress up if I'm going out somewhere nice, whatever. But on a daily basis to uh, be walking around in the suit just didn't feel right. So I found that I was not being myself i was acting weird i felt strange in my head so in a way it worked the opposite way for me and i had to go okay well that's not working for me let's let's go back to uh being you perfect that's you know. a, a perfect example because one of the things that i i often say and i trying to not do an entire two-day course tonight <laughs> <laughs> Is, is, but it is just that, you know, a lot of people aren't comfortable in suits. 
And so your appearance has nothing to do with wearing a designer suit. It's what makes you feel great. And, you know, one of the examples that I've written about in the past is a guy who sold uh, his QR code app to Facebook, I think. And he sold it for $25 million. And he always wore jeans and a T-shirt and these flip-flops. And he actually consciously chose those clothes um, for meetings. He had all kinds of meetings with with big companies and famous people. And he chose those clothes because he said, this is me. This is this is who I am. And this is what I feel confident in. So this is kind of like my uniform for feeling good. Yes. Nice. No, we can't. We definitely can't deep dive into stuff like you can in the, in the two day course. Let's see. What's the next question? Well, we kind of touched on this a little bit. Uh, aside from the social media aspect of it, though, is an online presence a requirement today to have an influence in business? Kind of. I mean, I think you really do want to make sure that you're in control of what Google is saying about you. So when you type your name into Google, what comes up? And you want to do what you can to make sure that what's showing up is reflective of the brand that you want out there. And so in that respect, I think there's value in having control over your name. So owning your name as a website, you know, juliebroad.com, robbreak.com, right? These kind of things, if you own those and that's one kind of piece. That's also where social media can be useful and you don't have to use social media, but you can just use it as a placeholder so that these kind of things are showing up for your name. So that there's at least contact information and they know a little bit about who you are and what you do. But really for me, everything comes back to what makes someone chase you. And it's about having something they want. It's humans. Our brains don't want to work very hard. Uh, you know, and our survival fears kind of kick in and we run when we're chased. So wherever you are, you want to have a message that is out there that's something we turn to, not run away from. And I think the art is in how you let people know who you are and how you help. And you can do that online. And there's very effective ways and there's very ineffective ways to do it online, but you can do it in so many ways. So I don't think there's a, there's a rule, right? There's no, in my mind, there's no one way that you have to do this. You just really need to be as close to your true self as you can. But the one piece I will say for online is that getting in, in control of what Google is saying about you is really important because if somebody types your name into Google and they don't find anything, they're probably going to wonder if you really are the expert or uh, or the the person that you're claiming to be. It's kind of fishy, right? Even tenants. Have you ever Googled a tenant and you can't find them anywhere? It makes you a little nervous, right? I, I love Googling tenants. It's one of my favorite things to do. You can find out anything about them. Facebook I haven't. That's amazing. Yeah, well, that definitely would be fishy. I can't say I've run into that, but if there was nothing there, then. Uh, then I, d I probably wouldn't take them anyway because that's exactly. where I gather most of my information. Yeah, exactly. And that's what's happening. If somebody Googles your name and they're not finding you or they're finding something they don't like, uh, it's it, it will be killing your leads. So I think that when it comes to online presence, that is the piece that you do have to worry about. And, you know, there is something subconscious as well as being Julie from juliebroad.com, like Julie at juliebroad.com. They're like, oh, you're, 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 you're the, you're the person. That's you. You know, you're Julie at juliebroad.com. <laughs> right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it, I mean, speaking of Julie at juliebroad.com, your email address speaks volumes about yourself. 
So it's something to think about, you know, and, and again, tenants are the most hysterical, right? I've I've written about this before too. You know, I've had snake charmer 22 and, and uh, hot pants 69 at hotmail.com apply to rent my place and I can't respect them. (laughs) So you really want to think about what your email address is out there because that's sending a message to people. And uh, so if you're applying for jobs or you're writing investors or you're even a tenant applying for a rental, you want to be thinking about what email address you're using. Sandy, you should take down some of those pictures that pop up when you're Googled. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to Google them right now. You know what I think comes up for me is that there's this musician guy out there who's really killing my online <laughs> presence. <laughs> you know, like uh, I don't know what he does. He's got some sort of music site. I'm, he has got my name, SandyMcKay.ca or .com or both maybe. Oh, just so start gotta, like if he's a stuff. like if he's a cellist, you need to take up the cello. <laughs> and then you can kind of be like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Great advice, Rob. Great advice. Yeah, thanks. That came right out of my brain just now, Sandy. That's the kind of stuff you get from me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are the questions that people should ask themselves when they're uh, developing a personal brand? Well, I, I kind of I gave a few inside of the magic formula, especially around the values. Um, one simple question is an exercise, a kind of a two-part exercise. One is to think about the single word that you want associated with your brand. Um, or maybe there's a few single words that you want associated with your brand, um, you know, genuine or trustworthy or um, fun, you know, whatever it is. So think about kind of a single word and write down, you know, three to five words maybe that you really want associated with your brand. And then the second part of this is to turn around and ask people, you know, clients, friends, whatever it is, you know, what word they would associate with you. Uh, currently and see if they're lining up and and then find your gaps kind of figure out where those gaps are so that's that's kind of one question I would ask the other thing is to consider and I've already mentioned this but who is your ideal client or if you're an investor looking to trap capital who is your ideal investor and think carefully about that because your brand is about you but it's not really for you right your your brand is all about attracting the people that you're looking to connect with. And so you want to think about who they are and how you're best going to package yourself up so that those people uh, want to reach out. I think I find um, maybe some people's egos get in the way sometimes in that way. They're thinking a little bit too much about themselves and not about their potential clients, customers, whatever the case is. Yeah, and ego is definitely part of it. The other part of it is insecurity, right? People are worried that they might say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. And I often just remind people that people aren't paying that close of attention because most people are worried about themselves, right? (laughs) So if you make a big mistake, whatever, you know, people might note it at the moment, but they're moving back on to their favorite subject, which is often themselves, Mm, (laughs) which is why I I always remind people that your brand is is about you, but it's not for you, right? You always want to bring it back to, is this is this going to connect with the people I want to connect with? Like my cello comment, that's one thing that was pretty, <laughs> yeah, that's one of those things right there. <laughs> so, <laughs> for someone starting a new business, should they focus more on uh, brand awareness, do you think, or direct marketing? So, I mean, first of all, it, uh, does, your, does everybody in your audience kind of understand the difference? Well, I think... I think this is something because Sandy uh, uh, just recently went out on his own. So I think this is more something that he was wondering for yourself. Is that what was going on there with that one? 
maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think it relates to anyone starting a business. Creating their brand, sometimes it's hard to get feedback, I think, on it, or if it's ever working, really. I know you can... I mean, Julie can probably touch on this better than I can. So. Well, I guess the idea that the, the question more or less, you can spend all day putting out advertising and eventually you're going to get results. I mean, I was a wholesaler for a little while and really you just, it's the, it's a numbers game. I put out a hundred letters and I'll get a deal. So is it better to do something like that where really your name is not out there, but somebody's going to come to you eventually or when you build your brand, like you said, you're probably going to build an influence just from that brand and people are going to start to contact you. So I don't know. I don't know which one would be more effective. Well, you kind of answered the question, but I'll, I'll put my own little little spin on it. So so brand awareness, I think, you know, I, I, did an, I did a business degree and an MBA, a little bit of overkill doing two business degrees. But it, one of the things that I was taught in the marketing classes was all about brand awareness. It was all about how to spend a multi-million dollar budget to put your logo in front of people, right? So that's like the logos around the hockey arenas and stuff like that. To me, that's brand awareness. A lot of the commercials you see on TV, those are brand awareness. They're just trying to make you think about Jeep or Coca-Cola or whatever it is. And that is really, that's corporate stuff. That's not personal branding in my mind. Um, direct marketing is to me where you're seeking a specific action. So it would be like inviting people to sign up for the report that Sandy wrote versus putting your logo out there and just hoping people click on it. To simplify it, that's kind of how I would compare it. But when it comes to personal branding, it's not one or the other. To me, you need to have that clear brand to start your direct marketing. Because if you're not, it, it, and you exactly, you explained this perfectly, Rob. Basically, if you're, if you don't have that, you're going to spend a lot more money on marketing, just kind of throwing stuff at the wall, and it's a numbers game, right? It's all about the thousand leads, so you get the ten prospects, so you get the one sale, or the one deal, if you were. Whereas if you have a brand and you start building it and then you do direct marketing, it becomes a much smaller pool now. So now you have more qualified people that are connected to you. So you need a hundred maybe to get the 10 to get the one. And it's probably not even that. The stronger your brand, the smaller those numbers become. Like it really does become more like you need 10 to get to five, to get to one kind of thing. It really does simplify it. So so creating that brand first, getting clear on who you are and who you want to work with and the messages that you're putting out there, and then creating some smart marketing that always has a call to action. To me, unless you're a big company, there's really, and even with big companies to a degree, there's not a lot of point in spending a ton of money on marketing that you can't measure the results. But I can measure. If I run a Facebook ad that says, you know, sign up for my, my Build Your Brand Toolkit, I can measure how many people click on that ad versus sign up, and then I can measure from there who becomes a client. And that's direct response marketing, and that's worth doing because you can track kind of the life cycle of where people come from, what they do, and and how much business you get from them over the long haul. So I think the answer is you need both, but maybe not always in the way people are thinking of it. For you, Sandy, you, you might be better off doing a, a billboard or, or like a bus bench or something like that and then once people have seen your face out there then they get the marketing from you and they go oh yeah i've heard that guy's name and then they go <laughs> right gonna, yeah i know i'm not going to be spending money on a billboard i'll tell you that right now <laughs> and and i don't know if you need to like that's kind of no. where I'm, i go with this like I, i'm not a big fan of just putting my name or face out there i mean for realtors there there is an argument 
for this. Like there's, there's um, research that shows the more people see your face, the more they'll like and trust you, right? There's a, there's, there's a factor there. So the more, the more your face is in front of people, the more familiar you'll become, which does lead to liking and trusting. So there is some psychology behind doing it. But for me, if I'm spending money on marketing, I'm going for the direct result right away. And so, and the big thing is I want to build a connection. So for me, I think the smartest thing anybody can do, whatever business they're in, is drive that, you know, give value first, build a relationship, and then they get to know who you are. So that's where giving, you know, free set, free seminars, free, you know, a free home buyer's checklist, a free home inspection checklist, you know, those kind of things to start the connection and, and then start to stay connected so that when they do want to sell their house or buy a new one, they're thinking of you. Free podcast? Yeah, yeah. I, this is, it's perfect. It's perfect. Do you have to be a good speaker or talker to have influence and to sell at a high level? Yeah, I, I think you have to be a good communicator to be in business, uh, especially a people business like real estate. And if you're not comfortable having conversations, it's a skill you really have to develop. Um, but the thing is, I'm a really high introvert. Um, you know, on a, on a scale of one to 10, if, if introversion of 10 would be like hiding in a closet, never coming out, I'm kind of an eight, right? I'm pretty strong introvert, but having a strong brand is the greatest thing I could have done because a lot of people, their, their fear, right? Is being the center of attention. And of course there's some people kind of feel often that they might be judged in that. But my thinking on that, there's kind of two thoughts going through my head here. One is you're getting judged anyways. <laughs> you know, People are going to judge you. So you might as well be yourself as much as you can and connect with people who will love knowing you for who you are while those other people judge you. Because there's always going to be a tiny percentage of people that judge you. And by the way, if they're judging you, it's almost always their own issues. It really has nothing to do with you. So that's kind of the one thought. The other thought is if you are uncomfortable being the center of attention, often the best thing you can do is build your brand because what happened is as I built my brand, people introduced themselves to me. And uh, and so when I, when I go to events now, I don't have that awkward how do I network situation because people come up to me and they say, oh, hey, uh, you know, are you Julie? And then they, they ask me questions and then if there's somebody in the room that I want to meet, it's really easy for me to either just go up to them because they already know who I am or I can ask somebody who I know, hey, can you introduce me? And they'll do it really easily. And it's it's really, really cool. Like it's one of those side benefits I didn't know was there. But you do have to be a good communicator to, to get to that point. And um, it's not about being front and center stage, but it is about getting comfortable communicating who you are what you do. And, and, and frankly, if you're in real estate, you need to get comfortable having conversations. And, uh, you know, it's certainly something that I've worked with some clients on because they're not comfortable with that. But yeah, it's, it, it is a piece you have to get to, I think. So, you know, when you say you're an introvert, I'm going to dive a little bit into you personally here. When you say you're an introvert, is that more like what's going on in your mind? Because you're out there all the time. And so I, that's how you feel. But because you've done this, you've been able to overcome it. So in other words, building this brand for yourself has helped you overcome that thought. Even though it's still there, you're going out and doing things. 
Yeah, kind of. I mean, for me, introversion versus extroversion is where you get your energy from. Um, and also what makes you comfortable and uncomfortable. So as an introvert, uh, I'm not really comfortable in group settings and I, it takes a lot of my energy to go into group settings. I'm, I'm fine. One on one, fine. Small groups. If I know most of the people, I'm fine. Um, it's where the energy comes from. Extroverts, you can usually spot them because they're the people saying hello to everybody. They're excited to be at events. You know, they're outgoing. And of course, there's a scale, right? Nobody is extreme one side or the other. Um, for the most part, everybody's kind of somewhere on a range. And for me, and when you say I'm out there, I actually spend about 80% of my time alone in my house. Uh, well, my dogs are around and sometimes my husband Dave's around, but most of my time is actually spent alone. And that's where I get massive amounts of energy from. I recharge alone. Um, and there's more to it than that. But um, it, it for me, going networking and building my brand initially, that was the hardest part was going to an event where I didn't know anybody. It, it was very uncomfortable, incredibly uncomfortable, because that's not where uh, that's not typically I'm not getting energy from that. It's taking energy. And so by being out there trying to meet a whole bunch of people I don't know, it took a massive amount of energy. And so now when I go to events, I don't have to expend a bunch of energy trying to meet people. Um, I still am exhausted at the end because I don't get my energy from being around a whole bunch of people generally. But I do find it incredibly fun now because I meet the most incredible people. It's not that I don't like people. It's just where you get your energy from and what's easier for you um, versus other people. Okay, okay. Um, and that 80% of your time at home alone was probably what has allowed you to write the two books that you've written. And uh, we're mm -hmm. going to talk about that soon. And, and also you've written a bunch of articles. Do you think that publishing articles or writing a book could have a major impact in your personal brand? Yes. It's not always necessary. It's not something I think you have to have. It depends on your goals, depends what you want to achieve and, and depends what you'd like to do and, you know, a lot of things. But, um, it, it has. And for me, because I've always been drawn to writing, it was a natural way for me to build my brand and, and writing articles is how just about everything started. I mean, way back, I started writing a newsletter in 2006. And just because I wanted to share lessons, it was kind of two parts. You know, I wanted to write and I also wanted to help people. Those are kind of my uh, driving forces, if you will. I had no real game plan for what that newsletter would become. But it helped me immensely because when I quit my job and I was looking around for ways that we could build up income streams, I happened to be at the time writing articles for a major company down in the U.S. called Early to Rise. And they had half a million readers. And so I'd been writing articles for them for free, just, you know, just I had taken some of their courses and and I just wanted a place to put my articles out there. And through those articles, they said, you know, we want a real estate course. Will you create one? And so then I created our very first real estate course. So opportunities came to me because of that. But I don't think you have to write, you know, podcasts, videos, videos is truly that's where a lot of the consumption is happening now. Podcasts are growing, too. And I think that more and more that's I, you can still write, but articles, one article will not make or break your brand. It's consistency. It's getting out there in front of the same audience over and over to do that. A book can be a great credibility builder, but because it's so much easier to self-publish now, a lot of people are putting out mediocre books. 
that never existed before. And so I'll argue that, yes, there's credibility in a book, but you really need to have a great book. And it, it's not, it's not going to be like a website out there, but you want to make sure that you have a polished professional product that you're putting out in terms of a book. And, and if it's great, it can be, I think it can be still one of the biggest credibility boosters. In a lot of cases, uh, a, a popular book is uh, more meaningful to somebody than a degree, like letters behind your name. I think a, if you've written a great book on a subject, then people give that more merit than they do a, an MBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah because they can connect with you through your book, too. Mm-hmm, exactly. Do you uh, tell us about your book that's coming out soon? Yeah. I mean, no surprise. It's on personal branding. (laughs) It's, it's called the new brand you. And it's really all about, you know, what your brand is not, which is not websites, not logos, you know, not business cards. It's about building a brand that is uniquely you. And in that I cover a lot of the things about, you know, showcasing yourself and having those conversations, you know, more comfortable conversations to present who you are. And I, I touch on some body language. I touch, touch on some vocal tones. Um, and of course, if you've read my first book, More Than Cashflow, it's just like that in terms of I share all kinds of stories from the embarrassing things that I've done wrong to, to the few things that I've done that worked out really well. And, uh, and, and I share it, you know, just like I tried to share in More Than Cashflow, the, all sides of it. You know, the things to watch out for, as well as the, the you know, steps that have worked for me. And when, when does it come out? In May. Okay, so by the time that this comes out, everyone should be able to get their hands on it. Absolutely. So is that going to be on Amazon? Oh, of course, yep. And it it should be in chapters, um, but I don't know. Not all chapter stores, I think, even carry my first book. But yes, I will be working hard on distribution, so it'll be widely widely available, and, and Amazon will definitely be one of the places it will be. Great. I'm looking forward to that one. Thank you. Uh, so what is the number one thing that people can do right now to improve their personal brand? Ooh, one thing. Um, well, so to kind of repeat ourselves a little bit, your brand is you. Um, and, and I want to be, I want to make one point before I cover the one thing I think would be the most important, but it's not about creating a facade of who you think a successful investor or entrepreneur is. It's your message, your appearance, your online presence, expertise, values. It's all those things that that we talked about, but it's not a a fake facade. And I'll I'll maybe tell a short story after this, if that's okay. But it's, it's, you know, in everything you do, my recommendation is to consider whether it adds value to the people you're connecting with. If you want to create a long-lasting brand, and you want people to associate with it and refer people to you, give value first. Focus on how you can be of service to others. And and that, I think, is probably the most important thing. It's kind of like we already talked about, you know, your brand is about you, but it's not for you. And the more you can be of service. I mean, you guys are being of service. You're creating a fantastic podcast that adds value and helps people. And that's giving value first. So the more you do that, the more people will want to be associated with and will refer you. So I think that's important. Um, do we have time for one little little kind of short story about yeah. that? Yeah. Sure. And thank you. I wanted to say uh, it helps a lot when we have great guests as well. <laughs> but again, it's it, you guys mentioned this, right? It's a circle that feeds itself, right? The more you give value, uh, the more you'll be able to attract great guests and, and it'll just kind of keep growing from there. And it all comes back to the giving value first. But 
as I started to build our brand, I, I made a, I made a mistake. And what happened was I took a lot of advice about what I should say and shouldn't say and, and should do and shouldn't do. And, and, you know, a lot of it began because I was building a course for a company that was in the U S and they had a very different marketing style from who I really was at the core. And they basically told me, here's what you have to do. Here's what you have to say. And I molded myself into what I thought I needed to be to, to build our training company in particular. And, you know, even our real estate investing company to a degree and, and both businesses were growing, but I was stressed and I was, I always had this kind of worry, you know, those kind of worries that wake you up in the middle of the night. And I had this worry. People wouldn't, wouldn't, would find out that I wasn't actually who I was pretending to be. Kind of like you said, you know, when you started to dress in a suit, you felt like it, this didn't, this just didn't feel right. And for me, that was kind of what happened. And I didn't even realize it was happening. Um, but when I wrote, my first book, More Than Cash Flow, I, I wrote that book with the sole intention of helping people make better decisions in their real estate business. And I was completely open and honest or as open and honest as I possibly could be at the time about everything that we'd gone through. And a lot of the stuff, our family and friends read the book and they went, we had no idea. We had no idea you went through all this and that's what was going on. Um, and of course, that, that made me very scared of what people would think after reading it. But it was actually a turning point for me and, and for our businesses because people finally saw the real me and were able to connect with me at a totally different level. And then our businesses really grew. And that's when things really, uh, not even when the book came out before that, because just by me writing the book, I became more open to who I really was and started to realize what I'd been doing. The big thing I'm trying to say is showing people who you are and what makes you unique and what you believe it's not easy, and I already kind of touched on the judgment, but the big thing is you just want to connect with the people who are going to love knowing you for who you are, and you can't spend too much time worrying about those people who are saying negative things or who are judging you, because there's actually very few of them, too, by the way, that are in that category, that are judging you. Most people are either not paying attention or they're rooting for you, supporting you, and so you really just want to focus on those people. So, you know, be you you're the only person worth being and build your brand around that. I think that's really, really important. Wow. This is so awesome. How much, uh, how much have you learned tonight, Sandy? I've got a lot and it's hitting me at the perfect timing because I'm just kind of changing courses a little bit with my business. So it's, it's uh, really actually really helpful. Yeah. I've got two pages of notes here now. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm glad. So Julie, just to wrap up here, I guess, can you share with people how they can get in touch with you, how they can learn more about you. I know you've got the book coming out, the two-day event, maybe share how our listeners might be able to get involved with that and, you know, just everything that you got going on. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the best way to kind of be on top of all of this is to go to my website, havemoreinfluence.com, sign up for the Broad Thoughts newsletter. And there's, there's a spot on the website that uh, you can sign up and get a Build Your Brand Toolkit. And it's a 42 page document. It's, it's a workbook, right? So you can date, you can um, type in a PDF um, or print it out and use it, but it'll help you with some of the elements that we didn't have time to talk about tonight. So you could grab that or you can just sign up for broad thoughts. But regardless, you get on my newsletter list. There's, there's this button in every single issue and it's called reply and you can hit reply and the email will go to me and we can connect that way. And of course, on my website, I will be, and through that newsletter, I'll be updating everybody about the book. And of course, the, the boot camp that's happening. But you can always find out about the boot camp directly at brandevolution 
bootcamp.com. And Vancouver, if you haven't been there in May, is stunningly beautiful. May is probably one of the best times of year, especially at the end of May when this is. Um, it's usually quite nice and mild and the flowers are in full bloom. It's a pretty gorgeous place to be at a lot of times of year, but May is, May is one of the best. Again, if you guys didn't catch all of those spots to go find out about Julie, we're going to have them on in the show notes. Just go over to our website, BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca, and click on Julie's episode, and there you will find all of the different ways to get in contact with her, and you can learn more about her books and the toolkit that she offered, all of that over there. So thank you again. I can't even tell you how uh, awesome this has been. Thanks. It was fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is going to be a great one. Our listeners, I know they're going to love this one for sure. It's a little bit different, not the typical investor tips type of thing. I love these a little bit off topic kind of conversations. They're, I think they're probably our most valuable ones. You can get tips and you can get tricks for investing, but these are the ones that are really going to help your business grow mm-hmm. outside of just knowing those little tips and tricks, right? So this is going to be extremely valuable. Awesome. And thank you again. We'll let you go and have your dinner now. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I got a text. I'm I'm going to go get some Thai food. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so that's great. Well, it was great connecting with you guys. Okay. Cool. Thank you Thanks, so Julie. much. Yeah. Have a great night. You too. Yeah, Thank you. you. Too. Bye. Bye, guys. Great. This is awesome. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no, my pleasure. Thanks for finally asking me. <laughs> well, I I don't know. I was definitely nervous about it. Ask Sandy. <laughs> we had several conversations about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you, you know the you, you know the story with Sandy, right? What happened with Sandy? What happened with Sandy? I know I know several <laughs> stories. I don't I don't, I don't know if I know this one. Well, he swapped out name or no swapped out. It was on a, on a call. He was on as his name, but Kate came on the phone. Yeah. And so from that day forward, I referred to Sandy as a female. Oh, that's the issue right there. <laughs> now it wasn't really my fault. I mean, she didn't say that she wasn't Sandy. She came on as Sandy, but <laughs> so you shouldn't have been embarrassed because I was really embarrassed when I met him and I was like, Oh, you're Sandy. <laughs> His voice dropped just before you met him. Yeah. It was, it was unexpected, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's that, I, I'd like to say that's the first time, but I've had several <laughs> occurrences like that. It's pretty funny. <laughs>